0: Let me give you a brief background about myself. I was born at an early age. Okay, this will work. Um, uh, my, my mom and dad, I had two brothers, uh, were involved. My dad was involved in the construction business. They were flipping houses before. Flipping made it to the Discovery Channel. Um, uh, by the time I was five years old, my parents had moved three times. Uh, But I found them all three times. (laughs) Um, uh, I had a I had a blessed childhood. Um, My mom and dad were godly people. Uh, They attended church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday night. Uh, My father was one of the directors of our bus ministry at our church, Emmanuel Baptist Church in Traverse City, Michigan, and uh, so I was constantly faced with the question of eternal security. And by the time I was five, I still remember the day, I was five years old, very young, and uh, I was faced with my mortality and knew that I was not going to heaven at five. Uh, I don't know what kind of sins you commit by the time you're five years old, but I knew I was a sinner. And uh, my father had the opportunity to take me into his bedroom, and I remember kneeling by that bed because the bed mattress was still above my head when I was on my knees. And I remember the words that I said. I remember asking Jesus to come into my heart and uh, save me. And that was a turning point in my life, even at five years old. I struggled with that for a long time until I went to summer camp, um, the assurance of that. And uh, one year when I was either 11 or 12, I remember taking care of that forever, knowing now, positively, there's not a doubt in my mind that I'm going to heaven when I die. I know that positively as as I am. When I was about 13 years old, my parents sat us down and said, boys, the three of us, we are giving up our construction business and we are going into full-time Christian ministry. And I became an MK, uh, missionary kid. And uh, we were on the road constantly. My dad uh, was a builder and still was a builder as a missionary. And we went from little church to little church Little mission churches that were ready to build the building. And my dad um, gave his services as a lead contractor to build the buildings from the foundation up. And so we were at a church for like every nine months, moving from place to place. So we were on the road a lot. And I saw a lot of different things and uh, went to a lot of different places and... um, I uh, went to Christian schools, went to public schools. Actually, got homeschooled for a while until I got expelled from that. Um, yes, my principal was mean. The superintendent was meaner. It was really. Uh, um, uh, when we got when I got married, um, that was that was my backside of the desert time because I was on my own finally, and I didn't exactly live for God. I wasn't wild crazy uh out on the streets or anything like that, but in my heart I was free and I wanted to be a rebel. And uh I would take my kids to church. I would take my wife to church. Wednesday nights was a one and they were all involved in a one and I would take them and drop them off and tell them I was going to prayer meeting which I never did. And I would go someplace else. Um and um the Lord got a hold of me and said this is this is not what you and I have as a relationship and turned me around. And uh, I became faithful to our church, and um, I pray that God finds me faithful to the end. About four years ago, the Lord impressed on my heart that he wanted me to do something different. He wanted me to give up my family, my daughter, my grandkids, my son, uh, give up my job, give up my teaching job at the public school for 26 years. Give up my church where I was a deacon, Sunday school teacher, filling pulpit, song leader, and running the sound system all at the same time. You think that's hard. Run back and forth from song leading to running the sound system. Gave it all up. And God said, I want you to move to Florida where you don't know a single soul. And it was only through miracle after miracle that he made it very clear that this is where I was to be. And uh, he brought me here. He brought me into that. I still remember. walked through that back door. And I sat down, and the service started, and Brother Zook sang. And at that moment, I knew this was my place. This was my place. And I talked to Pastor, and I met Jim, and the Lord said, this, this is where I need you. And he brought me here. So uh, bringing me up here, that's a whole different story. Um, but I am blessed and honored to be here. Uh, this morning, I'm going to ask that you have a few things out. Please have your Bible out, because we're going to go some verses, and I want to look at some verses so make sure you have your Bibles out and you'll want a pen or a pencil. Pen's better because it's permanent. And paper or something to write on. You know what I do? I'm going to admit it. I write in my Bible. I write in my Bible. I have a page on my Bible where I write quotes that people say. And one of the quotes I have written in my Bible, I've got it memorized. One of the first things I've written down was somebody that told me this. They said, you can write in your Bible if you allow your Bible to write in you. And I wrote that down, and that's been my, and I've written in my Bible, I take notes in my Bible, I've got notes at the bottom up the margins, I write all over my Bible. So if you write in your Bible this morning, that's great, that's wonderful, because I'm going to give you a couple things that are really going to impact your life, I hope. If you have a cell phone, please turn it off, Um, make sure it's silent. Uh, If God's going to speak to you this morning, he's not going to send you a text, and he's not going to call you, okay? So you don't need to have it on, if you just put it on silent, that will keep from interrupting everybody. Um, and I am actually this morning in Proverbs chapter four. So if you'll turn to Proverbs chapter four, I want to talk to you this morning about keeping a clean heart. Keeping a clean heart. While you're turning there, I'll tell you about the man that went to the dentist. He went there to have an aching tooth pulled. The dentist assured him, Don't worry though, it's only gonna take about five minutes. But the man said, Well, Doc, how much is this gonna cost? And the man, the doctor said, Well, it's gonna be 90 bucks. The man said, $90 for just a few minutes' work? And the dentist looked at him and said, Hey, I can, uh, I can extract it really slowly if you'd like. Uh, hopefully, this morning as you listen, you won't feel like I'm trying to pull your teeth. I'm in, in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, and I wanna read starting verse 20 through the end of the chapter. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20, says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. I want you to jump back up to verse 24, or verse 23. Look at verse 23. It says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This morning I want to talk about keeping your heart With all diligence. But before we do, let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning, I'm humbled and honored to be here. We pray, Father, that you'll direct my words, speak through me, so that the things that people hear this morning, the pricking of their hearts, will not be from me, but from you. As we open your warm bread from heaven and and read the manna that you send down to us, we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will have free reign. In our hearts and in our minds this morning. In your name we pray, amen. From even our childhood days, since we were really little, we've heard something from the world that set, tells us to listen to our hearts. They describe it as something that's virtuous. And it didn't start with Dean Martin in 1957 when he's saying, only trust your heart. It was way before that. In the chick flick movie, The Notebook, which I am proud to say I've never seen yet, the movie claims, always follow your heart, even though it's on the left, it's always right. And don't think it's just the entertainers in Hollywood that are spreading this. One of Disney's classic lines in multiple movies, is follow your heart. Pocahontas says, listen to your heart and you will understand. The movie Mulan for children has a song that's called True to Your Heart. And in the recent Latino movie Coco, one of the main characters says, the rest of the world may follow the rules, but I must follow my heart. How virtuous. How noble. How wrong. The Bible warns us differently. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Our heart begs, feed me, feed me, give in to your wants, give in to your desires. Just one time, it can't hurt. There are plenty of examples in the Bible of characters that allowed their hearts To be defiled when they listen to their heart's desires. Samson. Remember, Samson? He was one of the judges. He was on a windy path and he always seemed to be following his heart, listening to his heart. Eventually, his heart told him to lust after Delilah. He had his eyes plucked out. He lost his very life because he followed his heart. David. King David, the mighty King David who who conquered uh, Goliath. Instead of going to war where he should have been with his men, his heart told him to stay home. And he followed his heart and committed adultery and ultimately murder because he followed his heart. Lot followed his heart. Lot and Abraham stood on a huge overlook, looking at all the land. And Lot's heart says, I want to be towards the world. I want to go towards Sodom. I want to live towards Gomorrah. And he went there. And the Bible explains how his heart grew fond of those people and how he could move closer and closer until finally he was in the city. He followed his heart. In our text this morning, Proverbs four twenty three, the Bible tells us, the Bible begs us to keep our heart with all diligence. That means we need to keep our heart clean. We need to keep our heart spotless. Now, I know we don't have RU here anymore, and it was a blessing to be able to at- attend RU. I thought RU was a, was a place for addicts and druggies and those people addicted to things and and Brother Steve said, Paul, why don't you come to RU and, and, and sit and find out what we're about, and I, and I did. You know what I came to the realization was? That I was an addict. I was addicted to sin. I was addicted to doing what I wanted to do. Now, I, I, I don't do drugs. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't drink. I, I'm not addicted to those things, but I'm addicted to sin. I'm an addict, and all of us are addicts to sin. All of us are. So I went to RU, and RU has some principles. And the third RU principle that kept hitting me in the face was this principle. This is something you want to write down. And I'll say it multiple times today. This is the RU principle that jumped out at me the most. It's easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's been defiled. Can I say it again? It's easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's been defiled. I have a Lee County School district assigned laptop. Every teacher has one. And over the next week, we're going to get what they call preschool. They teach us how to do things and and prepare us. One of the things they're going to tell us is that your laptop, whatever you have done on that laptop that day, At the end of the school day, that laptop gets uploaded to the Lee County School server. So if there's anything on there that you don't want the Freedom of Information Act to be able to see, you better not put it on that laptop. You better do it someplace else. So if I decide I'm going to buy my wife a pearl necklace off eBay, because I trust them, I'm going to buy my wife a pearl necklace, and I put my credit card number and I use my school laptop. That credit card number, dear, I'm not getting you a pearl necklace. I'm not. That credit card number at the end of the school day goes to the server at Lee County. And then, if any person in Lee County wants to FOIA my laptop records, that credit card number is going to be there. And they tell you if there's anything. Personal, anything private on that laptop, uh-uh, do it someplace else because it's they can go in at Lee County, they can search through they can they can highlight it takes a lot of work. What they tell you is it's a lot easier not to do it than to have to take care of it later. That's the principle it is easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's been defiled. Your heart is your laptop. Your brain is the server. Everything your heart encounters during the day is uploaded to your brain, but it's easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's been defiled. This morning, in my short time I have left, I don't know, is there a clock around here? Some? Oh, there is one over there, okay. Oh, I can stretch this out. Good. I've only got 17 points. No, I've got three, three things I want to share with you. Three biblical truths about keeping your heart clean. Three warnings from God's word that will help us keep our hearts with all diligence because it's easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's defiled. Number one, first thing I want you to write down, if you feed your heart's appetite, you get hungrier. If you feed your heart's appetite, you get hungrier. Turn over to James chapter one for me this morning. James chapter one. James chapter one. James is an author that's in your face. He doesn't sugarcoat things. James, the author, tells you as it is. He talks about things like your tongue, he talks about getting along with other people. He puts it right in your face. James is. The in your face author in the New Testament. In James chapter 1, look down at verse 14, 14 and 15. Here's what James says. But every man when it is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Who did James write this for? Look at the first part of that. It says, Every man Every man, every woman, every person, every person is tempted. No, not me. Not me. I I have self-control. I can handle it. I won't fall. When we tell ourselves, if I could just drink it once, if I could just smoke it one time, if I could just look at it for just a brief second, if I could just listen to it one time, it won't affect me. We are wrong. The Word of God says, but every man is tempted. I, I know you can't tell, but I like food. I do. I do. I like um, food too much, especially food that I make. I make a chocolate poke cake. I know it's almost lunchtime. That would make you drool just hearing about it. Okay, let me tell you. I take some hot I take I take uh they have a they have a cake mix called a fudge brownie cake mix and I cook that and then I take a wooden spoon and poke holes all over in it and then I take chocolate pudding and I pour into each of those holes and then I take Hot fudge, and I warm it up, and I coat the cake with hot fudge. Getting hungry yet? Okay. Hot fudge. And then I take Cool Whip and mix it with more pudding, chocolate pudding, whip it up, and spread that all over on the top. Then I take chocolate chips and sprinkle it all over the top. If you're not a diabetic, if you have one piece, you will be. That is a beautiful, and I love making it. And it's best when it's cold, so I'll put it in the refrigerator. But before I put it in the refrigerator, I have to cut a piece out, okay? And I cut a piece out. A cook has to try their stuff first. So I I cut out a piece, okay? If I cut it in half, that's like two pieces, right? But I try a piece, and I put the rest in the fridge. I've satisfied that hunger, haven't I? Because I go sit down and I'm thinking, well, that was good. I, I could have two pieces and make it look a little different. Nobody even know I had two. And then the next morning I wake up. What do I have for breakfast? Cake. Well, that's It's a vegetable. Chol- cocoa is a bean, right? So that'd be a vegetable. And uh, sugar comes from a plant. Those are all good vegetables. And flour and eggs are healthy. I, I love eating it. I want more. And I want more. And the more I eat, the more I want. Why? Because if you feed your appetite, you get hungrier. Appetites are like fire. The more you feed them, the more they devour, the bigger they get. Last July... My family, my wife and I, and my grandkids and my daughter and son-in-law took a trip, camping trip. If you want to test your marriage, get a tent. Ooh. And we spent uh, a two weeks on the west coast, one of the places we went to. I remember it was July 7th. We were in Yosemite and I was watching the beautiful looking at the beautiful peaks and the waterfalls, and we were in the valley at Yosemite and the big and there were animals, and it was one of the most beautiful places on earth I've ever been. And I smelled smoke. And I said, I I smell smoke. And my family was like, "Ah, yeah. I said, no, I smell smoke. And there was a campground. And they said, it must be coming from the campsites. And I said, no, there's big signs up. No one's allowed to light a fire in that campground. I smell smoke. And as we finished the day off on July 7th, we started following the trails. And I saw smoke billowing the sky in one specific spot. And the trail took us right through the big fire that eventually consumed 400 acres that started the day we were there. It wasn't me. I I didn't do it. But I remember looking at these giant sequoia trees that had their litter and the leaves and the broken branches underneath them. The more the fire came and ate that, the more bigger it got. The more it consumed, the stronger the fire got. The more you feed a fire, the more a fire devours. Your appetite, your heart's appetite is the same way. Look at that verse again, James 1.15. It says, When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Temptation leads to sin. Sin leads to destruction. Destruction every time. That's always the order. Temptation, lust, falling, sin, destruction, death. And don't forget, God says it happens to everyone. Because if you feed your heart's appetite, you get hungrier. How can you stop it? The only way you can make an appetite smaller is to stop feeding it. Stop feeding it. I love my grandson, Jordan. Jordan has been my buddy since he was born. Uh, the first time I got to babysit Jordan was the last time that I got to babysit Jordan because mom came home. He was just almost two. And I didn't have any milk, so I put Mountain Dew in his bottle. And we sat and watched the baseball game and ate Cheetos. Mom walked in and said, you are never watching my child again. I've watched him ever since. I and mean, we're tight. Uh, I, took, I remember his first time deer hunting. It was the youth hunt in Michigan and we were going deer hunting and he came over and he spent the night. He must have been about 12 or 13 and and we were excited to go deer hunting with just him in the morning. And he opened the fridge and he found that Nana had just bought a whole bag of plums. And mom, his mom, who abuses my grandchildren all the time, does not let them experience things like plums. So he tried a plum and he liked it. So I said, okay, you can have one more. So he ate two. I said, go to bed. We're going to get up in the morning and go hunting. Got up in the morning, and he was in the bathroom. Well, hurry up. I will. Got our stuff all together and headed out the door. Oh, before we go, i got to go to the bathroom again. Okay. I found out that Jordan had, in the night, eaten every single one of that bag of plums. Our deer hunting did not go well that day. Our life was interrupted. But to make an appetite smaller, you've got to stop feeding it. We need to stop being in the presence of sin. Proverbs 22.3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. A prudent man sees the problem and hides. We need to avoid the presence of sin. That means don't hang out in the places where sin happens. Don't go to the casinos. Don't go to the bars for any reason. Don't go to the clubs. Don't go to those websites. Don't go on your computer if that's the problem. Because if you feed your heart's appetite, you get hungrier. It's easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's been defiled. Number two. Not only if you feed your heart's appetite, you get hungrier. If you play with your heart's desire, you get burned. If you play with your heart's desire, you get burned. Go over to Proverbs chapter 6. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27. I want to share with you what Solomon said. It's logical. But he tells us, if you play with your heart's desire, you're going to get burned. Here's what Proverbs 627 says. Can a man take a fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? King Solomon sharing this piece of advice from his personal experience. If you play with your heart's desire, you're going to get burned. I love the rhetorical question that this verse verse shares. When When I was young, I'm a school teacher now, and I still do this. I would try almost anything to get out of going to school. I, I really, I would. I would I would fake illness. And my mom would come in and say, are you sick? Oh, yes. She's okay. Let me take your temperature. Put this under your tongue. Uh, and she would leave. And I would go to the bathroom, turn on the hot water. Cook, <sighs> she's coming. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Oh, 152, I think you're ready to go to school. Didn't work. She'd also feel my head. How can that be? That's not possible. So one day I decided, okay, she's going to feel my head. I'm just going to take the light bulb. That way when she feels it, okay, I wasn't too bright of a kid. She I put the light bulb to my head and, and she comes in and she goes, What's wrong? I said, I don't feel good. She goes, what'd you do? Nothing. You've got a big red mark. So <laughs> what Solomon's saying here he says, hey, there's no way you can take a fire, your heart, desire. There's no way you can take sin and play with it. And not get burned, you're gonna get burned. remember Jesus said everybody when you play with sin you can can you take a candle, hide it under your shirt, and not get burned? What's Solomon's saying he's saying it's impossible to engage in sin and not suffer the consequences. If you play with your heart's desire, you'll get burned. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. Nobody ever died before. They died because they played with sin. Achan played with sin. God said, don't touch it. He took it and hit it. And he died and his family. How about us? Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I know I've been talking to Christians, people that have come to know their their personal Savior, Jesus Christ, and asked Jesus Christ to come in their life and save them. But if you're a person here today that has not done that, if you have no clue if you're going to get to heaven or not when you die, if you are sitting here and you're thinking, well, I've been good enough. I hope when I get to heaven, God lets me in. If you are that person, I just have a couple things to say to you. We're all sinners. All of us. We are all headed for hell. But the rest of that verse says that God loved us so much that he sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us in our place so we wouldn't have to die. Then Christ conquered death, rose again, and so that we could know that we would see him face to face. And have eternal life. Yes, the Bible says in Romans three twenty three, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Please don't leave here today without coming forward at the end of the service, talking the hand to one of the hand, talking to one of the people that will grab you by the hand when you come forward. Grab my hand at the end of the day here. Ask us how we can show you from God's word how you can know you have eternal life. Don't leave. Without knowing, don't leave. If you play with your heart's desire, you'll get burned. How do you avoid getting burned? Guard yourself from potential sinful situations. My grandfather used to say this all the time. If you hang around the barbershop long enough, you'll end up with a haircut. It's true. It's true in our lives if we hang around the wrong places, if we hang around the wrong people, that sin becomes something we can play with. Do you know what I appreciate? I'm I'm not going to get political here. I wish I could. I wish I would, but I don't have the time. You know what I appreciate about our former Vice President Pence? He had a standard in his life. Whenever he traveled anywhere, whenever he held a meeting, His strong desire was to keep himself away from situations which would burn him. He never once met alone with a woman. Would not. It's easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's defiled. Let me give you the third one and then we're done. Number three. If you follow your heart's direction, you'll lose discernment. If you follow your heart's direction, You'll lose discernment. Hebrews chapter 4. This is something you've got to see. Hebrews chapter 4. Turn over to this chapter, verse 12. Some of us know this verse very well, but I want to break it down for everybody. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul soul and spirit, and of the joints of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see some of those words there? This verse tells us that sin confuses our reasoning. The sin that we do confuses our thinking. It confuses our reasoning. The author here of Hebrews tells us that the word of God, not your heart, The word of God should be the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It's the word of God, not what your heart wants to do. And it divides our our being into two parts, your soul and your spirit. Do you understand the difference between the two? Your soul is your emotions, your feelings. Your spirit is your worship, your spirituality. Your soul is what you want to do because you feel like it. Your spirit is what God wants you to do because the word of God says so. And the Bible says that this book splits those down the middle so you can discern what is the soul and what is the spirit, what you want to do versus what God wants you to do. God says only the word of God, not your heart can discern right from wrong. If you follow your heart's direction, you lose discernment. I love my wife. Right after we moved down here, well, actually, just before we moved down here, uh, somebody driving, I'm not sure who, totaled her, her, her car, and uh, she forgave me, um, But I had to buy a new car, and she had this brand new Kia Sorento, and she wanted to go see her son in North Carolina while I was wrapping things up back in Michigan to move here. So she got in her car, and she started driving to North Carolina. Somewhere in Ohio, as she was driving, a full-grown turkey flew across the front of her car, and she hit it, brand new car, and embedded into the hood, or into the, through the radiator, my wife, her soul, wanted to go see her son. Her spirit said, maybe you should stop to check your car. She followed her soul and kept driving all the way from Ohio to North Carolina. When she got there, she said, it's running a little rough. When they opened the hood and they found still the body of the turkey, which was now grilled. It was Thanksgiving time. We can do that. In her car, they said, why did you keep driving? She says, because I want to see my son. My heart said, go. My husband's text said, stop. After your heart's defiled, you have a harder time knowing right from wrong. If you follow your heart's direction, you're going to lose discernment. Are we following God's way? When we follow our heart's direction and become defiled, we have a harder time knowing right from wrong. Sin confuses our heart. It confuses our judgment. The Word of God does the opposite. It makes things clear what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But, Paul, what if I've blown it? I haven't kept my heart clean. What, what do I do now? The Bible tells us that sin cries out for repentance. 1 John 1, nine. if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of my hobbies, even when I came down here, was officiating high school volleyball and a few years ago, they changed the volleyball uniform for officials to from the striped shirts, like foot locker shirts to black pants and a pure white polo shirt that's your and you have your black lanyard with your whistle that's all you need to officiate volleyball so i i when I came down here in florida I'd I'd officiated uh volleyball for years. In, in Michigan in high school and, and stuff like that. So I had 30-some years of experience doing it. I moved down here. I decided I was going to do the same thing. The problem here is that the schools are so far spread apart that I might, I might have to leave school right after school to get to a high school volleyball game to officiate it. So I would pack my stuff, and as the kids were walking out the room and leaving for the day, I would change into my volleyball stuff. Again, you got to remember, I, I might be driving all the way to Lehigh Acres. And and I would drive and and I haven't eaten anything since eleven o'clock because that's our lunchtime. So I would stop and get a burger. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ketchup right down the front. And I would call my wife and say, Um, you're not gonna believe this. She said, I already know. <laughs> she knows me. She said, Just put your black coat on over top of it, black referee coat, wear it all all the time. And then nobody will see that big ketchup stain down the front of your pure white shirt. Boy, that would look professional, wouldn't it? So I know what I was going to get when I get home. I I, I already know what she's going to say. She said, listen, if you had that black jacket on first, if you had your volleyball coat on over top, your white shirt, I wouldn't have to clean this stain. It's going to take a lot. I'm going to have to shout it out. I'm going to have to rub tide all over it. I'm going to have to scrub Dawn into it just to get that ketchup stain out. If you had that black jacket on first, Christ tells us the same thing. Keep your heart with all diligence because it's easier to keep your heart clean than it is to clean it after it's been defiled. Will you please stand with me this morning? As the musicians come and we prepare to sing, we're going to sing these words. Just as I am, without one plea. That means no excuses. But that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. I come. I'm going to ask this morning that you put your feet to words. Let the Holy Spirit take a moment to look into your heart. Are you keeping your heart with all diligence or are you still feeding your heart's appetite? Temptation leads to sin. Sin leads to death. Are you keeping your heart with all diligence or are you still playing with your heart's desires? God's word tells us that we will get burned. Maybe you haven't been burned yet, but remember, James says every man. Are you keeping your heart with diligence or are you still trying to follow your heart? Maybe you've already lost discernment between your soul and your spirit. God wants to clean you today. Will you come after I pray? Father, as we come before you, we are grateful for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for being the guide and giving us the word of God to guide and and protect our hearts. We pray, Father, you help us to keep our hearts with all diligence. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com,